Hello and welcome back to the UOG Men's Rugby Podcast. It's episode three from this season. I'm Sam, by the way, and I've got Charlie Hines with me as always. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Have you been up too much this week? No, not a lot once again. Yeah, just no. went to the rugby on Saturday. Yeah. Literally done nothing. Boring week for you. Yep. Not You've been it. watching more Christmas films? Yeah, I watched Nativity 3 <laughs> last night, so I finished all of them. And I've got Love Actually to watch tonight. Oh, so that is a treat. It's a classic, isn't it? So yeah, um, we've got two guests today. We've got Ella Hamlet from UOG Dynamites, and then we've got uh, another guest later on, which we'll introduce them later. And we've also got our segment with Tommy as well, where we just nose out about rugby. <laughs> so that'll be fun later on. But for now, we've got Ella, yeah. So Ella, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Ella, I'm a fourth year UOG student, and um, yeah, club captain of UOG Dynamites, which is our cheerleading team at the uni. So, you, did you start in the Dynamites in your first year, yeah? Yeah, I started as soon as I got here. <laughs> yeah, and have you like kind of always done cheerleading? or? Is um, no, never done cheerleading before. Um, I've always been a dancer, so I've danced for like 18 years, but um, yeah, decided to switch to cheer when I got to uni. It just looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, and you decided to be club captain for this year, so what kind of made you go towards doing that? I just think cheer has shaped a lot of my uni experience. It's been such a massive part of um, my three years here. So it's really nice to be able to offer something back to the club and support it as best as I can, even in this weird time. <laughs> and how difficult is that being kind of to prepare and plan for stuff through this season? Yeah, it's been pretty tricky. I think it's been quite hard for all sports. Um, every sport's had their individual challenges, but um, I think we'll get there. I'm feeling a bit positive for um, next term, hopefully things will pick up again. And have you been able to train at all, or is what kind of what have you been been able to do? Um, so we actually our um, return to play guidance only just got approved in November, so we only had one proper training session back before um, the second lockdown, which was unfortunate. But we did have um, some physical trainings. It was just more conditioning based um, and technique based. But yeah, only one session back allowed with um, contact. I've seen on your Instagram you've been using Zoom a lot for sessions. Is that something you you've proactively decided to do, or is that like your other choreographers or captains been doing? Yeah, so our team captains have been really good um, this term, adapting to all the different challenges and um, guidance. But I thought it would be good to keep training going over lockdown, just to keep everyone involved in the club, um, continuing training, keeping up conditioning and stretching, just so when we get back we're not all um, stiff and <laughs> unfit again but yeah the the team captains have been really good with it and how important is it to get your committee kind of still involved in everything as well and keeping their brains working so it's not all you doing all the work yeah no they've they've all um been really good at their roles um keeping them up and i think even things like marketing um we've been able to progress with this year because we've had more time to focus on it um stuck indoors um, but yeah, they're all doing a really good job. It's just really difficult for everyone this year. Things like socials just aren't really the same. <laughs> yeah, and obviously you mentioned during lockdown keeping everyone busy. Um, you set up the charity stuff in November. So can you just tell us a little bit about what you did and stuff? Yeah, it was something I really wanted to do um, this year. November is quite um, an important cause to me personally. Um, so it was nice that they did move for November this year so girls could get involved with raising money this year. 
Um, but yeah, I decided to start a little team up and Dynamites got involved and then um, we just kept going with it. We did a Movember quiz and some other UOG teams um, joined on to that. So that was really good. It was a lot. It went a lot better than expected, to be fair. Yeah, I think some of our boys did the quiz, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> it was how, good fun. How did they get on? Um, well or not very well? I assume yeah, not very well. <laughs> I, don't think they, I don't think they won. They didn't do too well and it was four brains combined. Was it Cheeksbury Road? <laughs> it, it yeah, it was. Road, yes. Yeah. Um, so how much money did you raise in the end for that? Um, we ended up raising, I think it was £1,530 in the end um, as our little team. But um, yeah, each each person did really well individually as well. Yeah, I think it's important. Obviously, we did Movember. We, we did, I think that's the best we've done, just doing it individually like that instead of without Tash Bash. So I think it's great to see not just the men's clubs getting involved because I know lacrosse did it as well yeah all the teams did really well this year but you guys did well considering you didn't have your normal affair (laughs) (laughs) it's a great way to describe Tash (laughs) but yeah I think we'll hopefully be doing something in the eventually that it will be more like a similar Tash Bash I hope so so. (laughs) yeah I think everyone hopes so um obviously the first years it's been kind of a difficult time for them coming to uni so how have you as a club captain kind of got them involved in everything and welcomed them into university life. It was really important for me to integrate them as much as possible this year because I knew it would be difficult for them in terms of meeting friends and going out and socialising. So we tried to get them into the club as soon as possible um, and we've carried on with virtual socials as well just so people can come online um, every other week and just have a chat and a catch up with each other which is quite nice um, for them to be able to get to know us and each other but it has been really difficult just integrating the club as a whole um, and bonding as a team because we've never been able to be together as a whole team. How have they kind of settled into all the various teams and different things you have as well? Yeah really well they've picked it up um, really really well actually the um, competition team we have this year has a lot of first years on it and they're all very strong Um, so it's quite a strong team this year so hopefully we can actually show show off some of our skills at some point. Do you want to just explain, because I know it confuses me when you see all the teams. So what are the actual all the teams you have on cheerleading? We have, um, this year, we just have a competition team, one comp team. Um, we, we had two in previous years, but we've put more of the focus onto one to try and get it to do as, as well as possible. So we have one level two comp team, which is all girl this year. And then we have a showcase team who you'll see at your sports matches or at varsity games um, with the pom-poms, just supporting everyone. Um, and they do other showcases and performances. And then we have a pom dance team who will also compete, but they are just dance. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I've just always wondered that because it's always quite confusing to see because it's all like they've all got different names. It's just confusing me. But yeah, yeah. I think you'd be good at the showcase one, Charlie. Yeah. I'd be really good, mate. With your Very flexible. Yeah. It's an idea for Tash Bash. Tash I mean, Bash series. Definitely not. Yeah. Men's rugby I'm, I'm versus cheerleading. You. I'll leave the club. Absolutely. <laughs> Another one of the things you did during lockdown was the virtual varsity against Worcester. Oh, yeah. So how did that kind of come about? So um, Worcester actually got in contact with us um, and sort of put forward the idea of doing a a mini varsity um, and we were we were keen on doing something with them but something a bit more light-hearted um, it ended up being over lockdown um, so we just made it into lockdown challenges for the club which ended up being quite fun for people to get involved with um, and then had to post all the polls virtually for any other cheer teams or anyone who went on the main account to vote on um, but yeah it was good fun did you win 
Yeah, we thrashed them. That's important. Yeah, I, I know I voted on him because obviously they did it kind of um, anonymously in a way. So yeah. you couldn't choose. Although some of them were obvious which ones were our girls. So I voted for them. But the other ones, I think I'm pretty sure I voted for us on every single one, though. It was just a guess. So clearly we're, clearly we're better than Worcester. It's nice <laughs> to see Worcester actually messaging them. Makes a change from our yeah, ones who never reply to any messages yeah. you send about Kit or anything. Still beat them, though, don't we? Yeah. We wanted to try and build a bit of a relationship with them before um, actual varsity next year, so hopefully it's it's more smooth running. <laughs> nice. So what were the challenges you had to do for the varsity? Um, we had a few different ones. We had who could do the most jumps um, in a row, who could do the best stretch, so we did a lot of flexibility ones, and then just some fun ones like where's the funniest place to do a stretch, and people were doing them in supermarkets and on farms and in trees. Um, but yeah, it was all just quite light-hearted fun, yeah. really. Did it, many of your first years get involved in it? Yeah, it was um, a few first years submitted um, and won their challenges, the handstand walks was and the Was that the, the one that like, went round the corner? The yeah. That was very impressive, that, that, actually. That, that, I think you could do that. I think you could do it, mate. <laughs> I think we should both try after this. Not a chance. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good to see the first years getting involved in stuff like that. Yeah, she's one of our very talented freshers. <laughs> Ooh. Pressure. Oh no! It's all right. <laughs> I, I did it. I did it in the first week. You've done really well to not say it so far. Um, is it important for you to look forward to the rest of the year? To look forward to the varsity and kind of keep yourself having a name of getting the competition teams up to the standard for that? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely keeps morale up to have a kind of end goal um, and something to work towards, um, just to keep building up and progressing towards that. Because otherwise. We don't really get much opportunity to perform or showcase what we can do if we don't compete in either varsity or um, at nationals. So it's quite difficult if we don't have that to look forward to. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we've had until recently when we didn't really know if we could, if rugby would be played this year, but that new RFU return to play stuff is promising. So we've actually got stuff to look forward to now. Yeah, it's nice to actually know what's going to happen. Because I think with cheerleading, wasn't there a thing at the start of the year where or well, start of this kind of university year that the government weren't like considering cheerleading a sport or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't have an official governing body in the <laughs> beginning, so two different bodies were arguing with each other, and which delayed the process of it being approved until November. But now I think it's um, we do it is approved, so hopefully things can go ahead. But we still don't know if competitions will be virtual or just push back. At the moment, they're looking to be in April, but. And we normally compete in February and March, which would have been too early this year. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of what they're looking at for stuff like us as well, isn't it? Because I know, I think it's middle of middle of Feb they want us to start playing. Well, let us know when you're um, <laughs> yeah. playing and we'll come and perform nice. at halftime. <laughs> It'll just be nice to get back at Plot Court with a beer in hand, won't it? Yeah, I'm yeah, playing rugby that bit as well. Yeah, obviously yeah. we're a rugby podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just going drinking around Plot Court. Th- what do you do on a Wednesday normally? Play usually. Turn up. Not my sliders. (laughs) Put me on the spot there, I'm not sure. Um, Ella, you mentioned that, well, Charlie said about people saying cheerleading is not a sport. There's been a big thing on social media in the last couple of days and weeks, like kind of men being really misogynistic about women's sports, saying, oh, who who really cares? It's not a sport. Um, Is that something that you've had an issue with with cheerleading at all during uni? Yeah, I think it's, it's been an issue for as long as cheerleading has been around in recent times really. However, it did actually begin as an all-male sport, I believe, So, um, which is not many people know that, it's quite interesting. But um, 
I think sometimes we really need guys to be on the team because they just give that extra bit of strength and power um, behind stunting and stuff. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a bit of a difficult um, thing to deal with as a sport on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You've, ha- you've had people, I think if, if before you were here, Charlie, a couple of our boys did cheerleading. So Turley, um, Luke Denham, or then obviously you had Mitch last year as well. Mm-hmm. So what's it like to have kind of have them? You mentioned it's more, it helps with the stunting, but what else do they, how else can they contribute to it? Yeah, we, I think we actually had six boys a few years ago and we did really, really well that year at Nationals. I think they were national champs. Um, but, but besides just the power that they bring, I guess it's just a different dynamic having guys on the team. Um, so it's not just an all-female sport and it and it kind of breaks the stereotype of the sport as well, having guys that it's not all about glitter and bows and pom-poms. <laughs> it is um, an athletic sport that takes quite a lot of strength. Um and, yeah. yeah, commitment, uh, I suppose. Yeah, because Kado did it as well, and I think he's the complete like, opposite of that glittery, sparkly world. Yeah. So, yeah. What What more do you think could be done to kind of get more boys and men involved in cheerleading? Um, it's good when we have boys on the team to recruit more boys. So this year it was difficult because um, we only had one last year. So now we're all girls this year. But I think just promoting um, guys in the sport, just showing what they can do and... Um, we, we like to do uh, bring a boy to cheer sessions when we're allowed to. Um, so hopefully if we mix with other societies and just invite boys along to training, they can try it out and right. see see what it's really about, not all about dancing. Yeah. <laughs> well, me and Charlie wanted to do a ser- series, well, we're still hopefully going to do it eventually, hopefully. called UGRFC Tries, where we go around and like try out all the different sports and like kind of want us try it out because it'll be a good laugh for everyone to watch. But also to kind of promote the sport, so hopefully we can still do that. Yeah, and you're looking to find your sport, aren't you, mate? So we thought yeah. it'd be a good filtering process. Nice. I hate yeah. you. That would be a really good idea. We wanted to do a fundraiser where um, different sports all tried cheerleading and mm. like competed <laughs> against each other. Like, so you think you can dance? So yeah. Dancers do. That would be a good idea, to be fair. Yeah, bring it on cheer style. But um, I don't know if we'll be able to this year. Hopefully they can one time. I mean, hopefully everyone can have fundraisers because obviously we have ours, which is a big one. You have uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mm. Dance, I'm sure you think you can dance. And what else? There's another one. And I can't remember what it is. American football, is it? Yes, the Take Me Out one. Mm. Yeah, and like, They're all like kind of the big fundraisers. That's all the... Like, get everyone involved in the club. Like, all the clubs kind of mixing, and it's just nice to see when it's kind of hard. It's hard enough for clubs, their own clubs, to kind of stay together. But a lot of the the good things about unis or the clubs mixing and like if you can't have that it's kind of a bit shit yeah absolutely (laughs) um you mentioned that kind of media and stuff well i mentioned it some (laughs) of the netflix obviously there's like a lot of netflix kind of documentaries and shows about cheerleading do you think they negatively portray cheerleading or do you think it does it in a positive light i think um it was actually really positive especially this year when the series cheer came out we had quite a few first years come to us at um first year fair welcome fair, welcome fair. <laughs> we, nice. had a, <laughs> we had quite a few first years come up to us at welcome fair and um say oh i've seen i've seen cheer on netflix i'd love to try it it looks so cool i think it really portrayed um the the difficult side of it and because when you compete with cheer you don't have pom-poms and you don't have the side that a lot of people just see um so i think it they were definitely a positive. Yeah, because obviously then there's the stuff like Riverdale, which portrays the cheerleaders as like the stereotypical bitchy yeah. vibe. Do you think that's something that 
needs to be not eradicated because it's not real but do you think it's something that should be portrayed in a bit of a different light in like mainstream media yeah i think they kind of counteract the positive benefits of other things um in, in things more like high school cheer that that portrays it as a bitchy sport i suppose we're trying to defeat defeat that whole side of it yeah um and another question for me before charlie can chime in with anything <laughs> so, right. that sounded a bit loaded that it, it was um <laughs> our next guest we're talking about um body positivity because there was a tweet in rugby like the rugby circles the other day i'll read it out to you because it really pissed me off someone <laughs> tweeted a rugby player saying lose some weight so she can get around the park more and she will be a better player and i think that's kind of it's just a dick move really to tweet that but is a kind of body body positivity and worrying about how you look while you're competing an issue for you or any of the cheer girls? I think it's definitely an element for everyone. Um, everyone has their own insecurities, um, but I think it could be the same for most sports. Um, but we try, I mean, we welcome absolutely anyone on the team, no matter what background, shape, size, whatever you look like. Um, we just kind of judge it on ability. Um, but even then, we normally allow everyone to be on some team. Um, but yeah, I think some some people might struggle with it more than others. But I'm going to say, do you think that's one benefit of cheerleading that is so welcoming to like kind of lots of different people that kind of people coming to uni don't necessarily have to have done cheer to get into it? Like, because I remember I I lived with Liz in first year and she had no experience of it at all, and then she got straight into it, and now she absolutely loves it. So do you think it's kind of quite an easy sport to get into in that sense? Um, I think there's definitely an element of it for everyone, even if you've had no background, because there's there's like a dance section, jump section, more of a gymnastics, tumbling section, and then stunting. Most people have something that they can get to grips with um, quite easily, and it encourages them to keep going with it, I suppose. And, and then everyone also has something they can work on. Um, so for me, like my strength was dance, but with cheer, it offered so much more that I could keep progressing with and keep challenging me. So. I think, um, yeah, that's quite appealing for a lot of people. What, what were kind of the, like those challenges of transitioning from kind of your dance background into the cheerleading? Um, just understanding the sport, I think. I personally might not have even had the best perception of cheer before starting it, just because of um, watching it from high school chick flicks and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think just getting to grips with the sport, understanding it and just learning all of the technique, um, I, there's always ways to progress with it and I, I'm always learning more so um, yeah I, lo I love it really <laughs> and just on the because obviously you mentioned that cheer documentary on Netflix I didn't realise how like physical it is in the sense of like the injuries that people get have you seen like, it Charlie? Uh, I've watched bits of it because yeah, my sister so was watching it when I was at home I, that makes right, me so okay. happy but, um, <laughs> I've also seen it but with, I've watched it with my housemates but like it is a good documentary it is actually yeah I, I, I think I enjoyed it because a lot because me and you watch sport a lot yeah and I think that's kind of where it comes from but I yeah carry on with your question I was curious to see if you watched it well yeah yeah it was it's just the bit in the documentary where they like throw one of the girls up for a certain and they just totally miss her and then she mm. like is it a leg that like yeah, yeah. it is it is a really <laughs> dangerous sport I think it's um it, it brings one of the highest injury rates um amongst other sports but um, I mean, when it kind of comes with the territory of throwing mm. a person around and <laughs> and trying to catch them, um, especially when they're kind of the same size as you with an all-female team, you're throwing someone pretty much the same size as you. Um, so yeah, I think 
it, it is bound to cause more injuries than if it was just a ball that you're throwing. You that, have... that probably wasn't the best question to ask after trying to get more people involved in it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, yeah, it's very dangerous. What's the kind of the worst one you've seen at uni, injury-wise? Um, we've, we've had a few concussions um, and sprain, ne- neck sprains. Um, I had a really, um, I watched a really cringy elbow dislocate um, quite badly <laughs> out of place. Was that um, Charlotte? Yeah, that yeah. was Charlotte, yeah. Um, Broken ankles. Um, she was telling me you don't have a, like a, a sports therapist though, do you? No, not really an assigned one. Um, sometimes we've had someone sit in on some sessions and do some massaging and yeah. taping, but no, not an official one. Do you think that's something that you, you, you as a club that sh- should have considering we like we have them like, and obviously we're a contact sport? I think, do you think that's why you don't have one? Yeah, we try to. It's quite hard to get someone to sit through every session when you don't really, because mm. injuries happen at any point and you have no idea when it's coming. And quite often it happens the week before a competition. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's definitely worthwhile having one and having someone there. Um, we have a few members of the team who do sports therapy and they sometimes help out as well. It's good, it's like, like Tommy. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Tommy. <laughs> anyway, um, so so we don't keep you too long unless Charlie has any more questions. I've got, I've got, I've got a final for I you. Can't, I can't think of any more. I think so. quite a lot there. What is your, you can answer these as freely as possible and if we can't record them, we can cut it out. Um, so what is your kind of favourite moment of cheer in the sport, kind of kind of in competition or in? I have to say my top moment the whole time of doing it was when we won varsity um, two years ago in my second year. Um, I think because it had been quite a struggle just um, getting recognised at competitions. Sometimes comps have their favourite universities who tend to always do well. Um, and it, And some different competitions can be more biased than others. So um, just just winning that for the uni, especially when I think um, it depended on our point to not make it a yeah. tiebreaker. Um, it was just so satisfying. It was such an amazing feeling. And then cricket fucked it up. <laughs> um, but I, I but we do it. like cricket. Just yeah, we to do like cricket. I'm, I, I don't think they'll mind me saying that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I they might. I must admit that I don't think anyone expected you to win that cheer <laughs> that, that year. Because I knew there was, for a few years before, like you just hadn't. Yeah. It. So I don't think anyone expected it because I remember we what people were watching it and you're like, oh, they've won. That means it's going to be really like important now. And then yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think it um, was definitely beneficial for us as a club as well, just being recognised by the uni a bit more as well cause, because we hadn't been doing as well um, in more recent years. Um, it was just good to get that win and just get people behind us a bit more. <laughs> you mentioned the competition. Um, and like going to them, there's not being they're kind of being biased. Doesn't it cost a lot of money to get you to competitions? Um, yeah, you have to pay per athlete um, to enter them. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Is it a lot per athlete? Um, it's about I think it's about thirty three pounds per athlete. That's quite a lot. Yeah, it's with and there's a lot transport of transport well. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mental. Mm. Um, and finally, from me, before Charlie can round off here if he has anything, but he probably doesn't know. No. Um, so. What was your favourite moment of university cheerleading? Doesn't have to be, well, away from the mat and away from actually in competition. I think I just love the social side of it. Um, all my friends at uni mostly consist of cheerleaders. My whole house in final year is a cheer house. Um, so just the friendships I've made, the bonds um, and the socials have just been so much fun um, all three years. So, yeah, I just love what um, sport can bring in that respect. What's your favourite social theme? 
Um, probably pub golf or ABC. Nice. Correct answers. <laughs> so Ella, thank you so much for joining us. You've been a great guest. It's nice to kind of have a different perspective. Oh, that was a horrible hiccup. <laughs> Sorry. A different perspective from a different kind of sport because that we don't usually have. We've had dancers on before, but obviously cheerleading is kind of similar, but it's different. But it's been great to hear that kind of opinion and to how another club is struggling and kind of getting going during the COVID-19 pandemic because obviously we just had me and you so far, Charlie. Indeed, it is interesting to see because obviously quite different sports, but how similar they are in how it's going at the moment and some of the aspects of it. And how shit the governing bodies are. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so Ella, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks and for having me. Perfect. Cheers. It's really nice to hear their opinion on important issues and what's going on in the world of sport, not just in rugby but elsewhere so thank you to them now tommy is officially joined us rather than just being sat in the background for the noisy bit of the podcast where we discuss everything that's going on in the rugby world in terms of games and important kind of news story because there have been a few big ones this weekend so tommy welcome do you want to start us off yeah well firstly thank you for letting me come back as well and hopefully you can actually hear me this time because that was a bit of a disaster last week but let's get straight into it. So, Bristol v Northampton Friday night. Did either of you two watch that one? Yes, I was there. So, well, yeah. Bristol managed to sneak that one, eighteen seventeen. They shit it. Yeah, the last minute uh, penalty. How? I, I mean, Northampton. They were they were done over there. Really, they they in my eyes they should have won that one. They bottled it. Really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it just highlighted massively still how Bristol's defence is awful. Mm. To be fair, um, it was a good game though. It shows what compared to the Friday night one the week before, where it was Newcastle against Sale, and it was just boring. It kind of shows what happens when you can attack. Like both both teams scored nice tries, both teams scored with kicks like over the top. Um, I also think Luke Pearce refed it yeah, brilliantly that was, as that well. Was, that was one, that was my next note. Yeah, say. with the especially with the box kicks, he was constantly poor number nine, like yeah. constantly in his ears saying, "You need to kick it, like get get it gone, get it yeah. going now." I think it kind of sped the game up, and made it a bit more attacking. But I think the penalty, fair play to Sam Bedlow. He was supposed to be starting at ten. He, one, he's not normally a ten. Two, he didn't play start because he pulled his groin in the warm up. Then to kick a forty minute, forty meter penalty to win it, it's like I mean, the size of his bollocks. I was gonna say bollocks on the fellow. <laughs> fair play. Yeah, it was just good to see them like not win in their usual way and win a bit ugly because it because when they've played obviously lost close games it's been because they played their way but obviously they've had quite a lot of injuries at the moment a few players out with internationals yeah. and you thought if they're behind they're probably not going to get yeah, back yeah. into it but they did manage to grind their way back into it I think it. it's I think 15 just... players missing and it's like includes like people like Piatal, Semi Madrada, Callum Sheedy Yoan Lloyd, Malins, Earl, Sinclair, Luke Morahan, Harry Thacker. The list goes on. The list goes on. But yeah, I think a few of the internationals are coming back this weekend, so it should be good for them. I'm getting biased towards Bristol. It's hot. It, you it, are. It's hard to ask me. But like, and then you slag everyone else <laughs> off in the Premiership. But um, I did the player ratings for them on Friday, and a couple of their fans were a bit negative about it, like saying, "Oh, we were, you're too kind." But like, I don't think you can be too kind when you get when you win you win a game like you have to win ugly sometimes like winning teams win ugly and like like X to do it 
X to win ugly sometimes, and that's what you have to do. Yeah, and it's, it is clear to see that Bristol are starting to implement more of a forwards game this year. Like their their forwards pack, their driving balls and things are. Whereas last year it was all attacking rugby. Most of their tries were scored from you know winging it out wide or Ridrada doing something mental. Whereas this year is actually a lot more in the forwards base. Whether that's because they haven't got the flies in the backs. I think it will change when they come back. I think that it could change, but it's also it just shows how they're progressing. I think that their aim last year, so their their aim was to get promoted. Then last year was to get in the top four, which they did. And then this year, I think they won top six. And And it was top six and compete in Europe, which they did. They got top when they did better. They got top four and won a trophy. And then this year is, I think they want to get top three. They'll they'll get it. I think. Uh, Yeah, I I I I I think if you look at the rest of the league, well, that's what me and you said last week. Yeah. yeah, but this week my opinion's changed and we'll get to that later. Really? Yeah, well, should we move on? <laughs> um, can I just make one more point on that? Yeah. Did you hear what Lawrence Delalio said pre-match about Nathan Hughes? No. So no. he basically basically slagged him off saying he he left Wasps for Bristol for double the money and he's become half the player. And then Nathan Hughes goes and that pretty much dominates. So like two things up to Delalio from... I mean, at the time when he did move, it did seem like it was a cash grab, really, because obviously he got into that England squad. As soon as he got into that England squad, he just didn't play as well for Wasps as he had been, which got him into that squad. Mm. So I think it would be a fair comment at the time, but then as soon as he moved to Bristol and then didn't get in the England squad, uh, suddenly he starts playing his best rugby again. So Yeah, go on, you can move on now, Tom. (laughs) That point. So, uh, next game, Exeter v Leicester. Um, well, Exeter obviously absolutely dominated that in the second half, which is something that uh, was a bit of a shock. Um, we were losing at half-time, can't think what, but we ended up winning. Seven, I think. I say like we, I'm trying not to be biased. Exeter was losing at half-time, but came back to win 35-13. Uh, Leicester, they put in an absolute shift in the first half, to be fair to them. Um, but then Exeter just went back to their game in the second half. They don't know how to it. lose. It's just Exeter, isn't it? Cordero. They just don't know how to lose. Cordero is on fire for Chiefs, and he's supposedly still not even match fit as well. So that it's very exciting to see. But then that basic question: when Hog is now available, yeah. whether you slot him straight back into starting, or I, I would actually think of giving him two weeks off, giving him a bit of holiday. To, mm-hmm. a bit. But because he's also played a lot of games for the last two years, really. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be playing a lot because you probably think he's going on that Lions tour. Yeah, he'll want a rest before that, you um, think. But the, 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 I worry because Cordero is insane in attack. He will open up the game just like his brother did. He will open up the game from nowhere, whereas Hogg's been quite conservative uh, for Chiefs. He, he'll do what he needs to do which is always consistently very good, which is that thing with, like, you've either got Hog, which you your safety, you know he's going to defend, you know he's going to attack when he needs to, or you've got Cordero, which is absolute maverick, will open up the game. Or could could they move him to, like, a wing role? Possibly. But yeah, then you also look at the wing. Ian Witten. Woodburn, well, Ian not Witten. Witten. <laughs> Ian Witten's solid, though. He scored on the weekend. I know he did. Good try. But it's Leicester. Yeah, true. And then, plus he's still got Jack Noel as well. Yeah, yeah Noel. Um, is it bad that I preferred Jack Yendall's tap and go try than to any of the good ones he scored? In the first I mean, half try, class. <laughs> but like, it's just the way he was like, "Oh, I want to take that penalty." Went and took the tap penalty himself and just drove over. Yeah, it was, it was smart from them. I, I do quite like this whole tap and go on the five meter line. It saves a lot of time, but also actually it's kind of safer for the team. Yeah, yeah, and considering everyone's slagging off rugby for being boring and kicking and 
scrumming all the time it's almost quite nice to see the ball remain in play to some degree and then just try and crash it over a way that's actually quite entertaining to watch Leicester also absolutely butchered a try just before half time I think it was um, Henry uh, he, he broke out <laughs> broke out the line and then just didn't give the ball to Wigglesworth did you see him as well yeah. have an absolute go at him you could kind of hear it through the refs right but honestly he, he was fuming and it would have been a try and that would have led them going into half time that, or even the They'd mark or something more, I think they would have gone more ahead yeah so it was actually the second half and it would have got them I think even which could have changed the game but unfortunately didn't go the past then we got a penalty because of a trip but we've also <laughs> you just said we again yeah I did it, I did it twice Exeter <laughs> also have been nominated for team of the year in the sports personality awards who else um, has been nominated for that by the way I don't care Chiefs <laughs> they'll probably win it to be fair shall I have a look I think they should I mean I don't know what the other teams are but I think that what they've done this year why well, they've taken 10 years to win the Premiership and the European Cup it'll Garden. probably be Liverpool in there won't they as well oh, yeah fuck that. well that's the thing I hope it's not football because football's such an obvious one isn't it they will get it though um, he, on sports personality just slightly off topic who do you think should win the overall one um, if it was up to me Rob Burrow you're going to say and you're completely correct who yeah, are Rob Burrow or Kevin Sinfield even um, though they're not nominated the nominations are I feel like I'm an outer here Stuart Broad um, Holly Doyle who's a horse racer Tyson Fury a jockey as they're formerly known <laughs> um, Tyson Fury airplane driver or pilot <laughs> Tyson Fury Lewis Hamilton or Jordan Henderson oh or Ronnie O'Sullivan um Tyson Fury doesn't want to be in it, does he? He's asked to be so. removed from the list. Um, I don't know. It's probably going to be Hamilton. I'd give it to Stuart Broad. I, uh, well, yeah. If I was voting for someone, I'd either vote for Broad or being Liverpool fan, vote for Henderson. But I think apparently they've done... They haven't put Rashford in it because he would have been the obvious one. Yeah, they're just going to give him like an honorary award. Yeah. I think that's fair enough when it's like based upon sporting achievement because obviously yeah. all his work is... Made, well, Because he's not been great football-wise, has he? Well, he's not been his best, but obviously he's done a lot off the field, which is yeah. good stuff. Right, okay, we can go. We can go back yeah, to the back move. to rugby. <laughs> back to rugby. All right, let's move on to the Wasps game. So it was Wasps v Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle took that one actually, twenty-seven seventeen. Um, comes as a surprise, or not so much yeah. anymore. I've got a few points on this. Oh, here we go. Yeah, because you're a Wasps fan, Charlie. Yeah. So, are Wasps as good without Jack Willis? Um, you asked me this last week. Yeah, so. exactly the yeah, same question. Yeah, but I'd like. <laughs> Seriously, is it worrying? Is a wasp? Well, no, I think it's more just the. Well, I think they're not isn't in as bad a situation as Bristol, but they still have a hefty injury list. I think there's. In the other day, there was like sixteen recorded injuries or something along those lines. So and like absentees. So obviously, Jack Willis, very good player, best player in the league last season. Okay. All right. Um, so obviously, you are going if you don't have the player of the season in your team you're obviously going to be a worse team but I think they can make up for that in other ways it just it just obviously means you don't get maybe those turnovers you want in those crucial moments which well I think was just threw away most of their good stuff on the weekends do you think they need to change mistakes. the style of play they play without him not really mistakes. no Newcastle look dangerous though and like yeah, they're going to win the league <laughs> they've kind yeah. of they've changed the way they because against Sale, they were kind of. <laughs> Sorry. Charlie just nearly fell off the chair. Um, the, the forwards against Sale, they kind of used their forwards a lot more, but against Wasps, they spread it a bit. Mm. And they looked really dangerous, spread it out to the wingers, and kind of caused Wasps a lot of issues. 
Talking of wingers as well, a dog move for it's Wales. Rapid. It's oh good. my god! His try, he just it, one minute he was on the halfway line, he's and next he was on the try line. He's good. He's the thing, good. Things he was at Sale, and he wasn't great at Sale. This is the first real opportunity he's got uh, though, because apparently had his attitude at Sale was a bit poor, and that's where like kind of why he left. He was just not kind of picked, but you know how he seems a lot happier at Wasps yeah. in that sense because he's like. From like you can see on his Instagram, his friends were like Jacoby Marga, and they all hang out quite a lot and makes shoes. Good mates, yeah, yeah, makes custom shoes. Is an interesting fact for you. Yeah, but it's like his first real run in the team because I think he got an opportunity last season against Sale. I think That's it was, and he got a red card. Um, so that kind of pushed mm. him to the side. But it's good to see him actually get yeah. some get some game time, and, and his, hopefully his disallowed can... try as well. That was a great finish. Mm-hmm. Well. Talking of cards as well, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Joey Barbary. Joey is Joey, isn't it? Alfie. Alfie. Alfie Barbary. Number eight. He, uh, for Wasp, he was lucky to get away with... He, he basically did a dumb tackle off the ball. Um, which I haven't seen this. It, it, was a, it was a blatant tackle off the ball over the 90. Followed then by what I could see. I couldn't, couldn't tell fully from replays because I didn't look at it. But Darren Barry... 19 for I think he was the 19 for uh, Newcastle looked to me like he threw a punch as well whether that could be sighted or stuff contact sport um, is Barbary number 8 that's the question is Barbary number 8 I don't think so he's not as good at 8 I don't have a clue what he is to be honest he's just a forward because he's a hooker he's a forward but then he's a flanker but then he's a number 8 and he can play well in every position so He's, the, he's a machine. He is very good. Also, as if you called him Joey. Yeah, <laughs> Joey Barbary. I think um, he got confused between Joey Carberry. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I do like the look of him, but then one thing I think about him that he his discipline is quite poor at times. Like when I watched he him in the Gloucester... off for the under-20s at one point. Yeah, when I watched him in the Gloucester game, he gave away quite a lot of like silly penalties, just sticking his hands in rucks and stuff like that. Mm. But I don't really want to talk about rucks because that's... Very nosy. Yeah, that's very nosy. <laughs> we'll move on to the Worcester Bath game. Uh, so Bath ran away with that in one in the end, thirty-three seventeen. Um, did any of you guys watch that one? He was there. I was there. Um, I've got so I've, this, these are the ones I got points for. So Worcester aren't very good. No. And Bath aren't very good. They're better than Worcester. So but ba- what the note I made: a Worcester are very shit in this game. Not, I'm not saying as a club, and Bath. Bath are just better than average, and it was just enough to beat Worcester. And what, but to be fair to Worcester, they had chances in the first half which they should have scored, but they didn't. Bath went down the other end, scored from their first attack. Worcester did it again. Bath went down to score, and this was the Bath without Matavesi and Reese Priestland because they both got knocked out. Yeah, early on they were they yeah. did quite well to still grind out. Priestland was actually like fully out and it looked it was a bad it wasn't a bad tackle it was like the collision was bad well yeah do we think it was a high tackle because no. it was it, w- it was it was head on head tackle yeah I, so, I do agree with that and i saw a, a point on it there was because charlie yules got yellow carded for a tackle similar yeah but charlie yules was like stood up when he made the tackle and ollie morris was like sideways so that's why he didn't it get away with strong it. mitigating factors really yeah. wasn't it? it was falling player and the way they reshuffled the back line was a bit rogue because they put Cameron Redpath at 10, which makes sense. But then Big you, fan of him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's class. class. Nice. <laughs> and then you put Rory McConaughey in the centres. Fan of the show. Friend uh, of the show. Friend of the show, yeah. Um, so You, you can't say that, actually. He's <laughs> a friend of the show. You put, you put him in the centres, but when you've got Cock and a Singer on the wing, 
which mm. I'd have swapped them round, but it kind of worked for him. But um, I, I would like I to honestly, see more from Tucker the Singer, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Just overall, I don't think Bath will. No, they won't get top four. No, well, no, I wasn't going to say that. I, I, they don't won't care in which the style they oh, won yeah. at the weekend because it's it like as Rory was saying they're just trying to get that win yeah and they did and they did and so they can build on that and I think they have obviously a good enough squad to get yeah. top four it's just whether they can play the rugby to get there the score also kind of flattered Worcester as well because mm. they, they mass- showed good fight yeah, in the last Bath 15. massively took their foot off the gas yeah and they kind of seemed to just take like not really care the last 10 minutes but they didn't really matter um, ben Spencer was very good again, as ever, as yeah. ever. Spencer for England. Let's we'll get yeah. on that in a minute. Um, and what really pissed me off: fans left early. Well, it's Did they? I didn't yeah. see cool. that. That's the first time you've been allowed back on your ground, and you leave with like twenty minutes to go. Yeah, what, what's the point? And you don't deserve to. That's what I said. You don't deserve to go allowed back in. Yeah, because like, yeah, there were people like yeah, it was o- it was oversub- yeah. that are passionate about it. It was <laughs> oversubscribed as well. I know that, and there was people leaving early, and I know the Worcester kind of like media team were really annoyed by it as well it's just people that have complained for however long that we need to get fans back into grounds and, they leave and most of them pro- they assume most Worcester fans probably will have complained about that yeah. so to see your own fans leaving early is just a bit of kicking the teeth isn't it? yeah what, what what does that make you think as a player you're watching your team leave you're like whether you're winning or losing at these times it's a privilege to be watching rugby live um, like not through your TV and stuff so to, for people to leave early it's actually just insulting to the sport as well as the team it was really well handled though like the whole actually getting crowds back in which was nice yeah like, I, I I can't tell you how much I prefer it I didn't actually like the um, the crowd effects that they put on the sport I think they were getting a bit annoying apparently they do it from the game from the season before on BT really yeah my favourite thing about them is when they like yeah. in the football when <laughs> yeah. they think the goal's about to be scored and they just I know, or it, hits, totally it, hits, it. it hits a side net in as yeah. well Anyway, <laughs> it's a random point. <laughs> Moving on, I can't wait to hear the Tomahawk chop on Saturday as well or Sunday. I'm not sure what day they're playing. Such a <laughs> um, London Irish be sale. Uh, joking. Tomahawk chop. What? Yeah. My... Uh... Oh, yeah, what's yeah. that? Oh. Um, so London Irish be <laughs> sale. Uh, sale took that one twenty-one thirteen. Um, it was a fairly, it was a fairly good game D- from didn't them. Watch it. Yeah, it it was nothing special, nothing bad. It was um, competitive, but it wasn't yeah anything. I, I think Sale to write home about. I don't think Sale will want to be just competitive against the Irish. No, though. are we going to talk about? Shall we talk about that after yeah. after the Gloucester okay. game? Because that's one of the big issues of the week, isn't it? Yeah, we'll we'll get on to. Yeah, we'll do we'll do the Gloucester game and a couple of international points, and then we'll talk about okay. the big thing. Yes, uh, there was a very good try. I don't actually have much to say for that game, but there was a lovely try before halftime by London Irish, which I, I shows that they can move the ball. <laughs> That's all right. Should we move on? It's the only one I didn't watch. Um, and then final game of the weekend of the Premiership was Gloucester v Harlequins, and Harlequins won that one, thirty-four twenty-four. Charlie was there. Yeah, a different game from Harlequins to the week before, but they still ground out a win, um, so you can't really complain too much. Uh, I'm going to say it now. Quins are going to be in the top four. Really? Definitely. Marcus Smith playing very well. Yeah. Got Danny Care on form. Don Brandt. However much I don't want to say it for some reason, he is very very good. What do you think? I, I of just the red think that. What's your issue with Don Brown? Well, no, I, it's just the the England thing of people pushing him for okay. England when you've got like Sam Simmons. I would say is ahead okay, of it. Yeah, fair enough. And people forcing that issue, but he was, he was very very good at the fair weekend. Enough, fair enough. 
but it was the red card incident and just absolutely ruined it well no well it did ruin it for Gloucester anyway because even though Quinn's got the red card the injury to Lloyd Evans kind of just fucked them all up really because uh, Gloucester had taken Joe Simpson off at half time and then you've not got your 10 and then you've got a I think they moved Mark Atkinson to 10 and so they just didn't have any kind of yeah your, your face I like Mark well. Atkinson but he's not a 10 no it says on their website he's a fly off apparently really? Um, but yeah, they just—they had Jamie Gibson playing in the centres. It was just—they couldn't really do anything. And then I didn't think they necessarily played that badly, but it was just they couldn't play any other way than like trying to kick for territory and then use the forwards. So it's a bit. Do you think it was a red card? Because um, I think like with, with the TMO decision, it, it was—it could have gone either way in my eyes. I, I don't think it was really clear. But from what you could see, it, it did look like an elbow to the face. No, no one in the ground had a clue what it was for. He's been banned for four weeks, hasn't he? But I, I watched on the highlights this morning, and it does look... I don't know whether to say it's harsh, because it didn't look like he... He didn't go, like, really yeah. push his elbow into him, but it kind of... There was a... I think the player... A nudge towards him. I think he got knocked out before, or, like, he was in a pretty bad way just from the tackle and I, th- I think that the elbow well I think he escalated the Quinns player landed on his head didn't he yeah so I'm not sure that's someone else got carded in that like, whole bit didn't they as well um no yeah, there was a big so. scrap Chris Ashton tried to start oh, about that's seven it, scraps Ash- yeah and then he on. didn't even get yellow carded um, because Jamal Ford Robinson did <laughs> I saw something so. from Gloucester fans about Lewis Ludlow and how they don't like him as a captain because he's ill-disciplined and he's not very good at it, captain. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's one of those captains that's trying to lead by example. Mm. And, yeah, I tried to write about this at the weekend and just got slagged off by everyone. Um, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm getting trolled again. They put the... Because I'm on like one of the Facebook pages <laughs> to see the comments, and someone put the player ratings. And I can't remember what it was, but Charlie just got slagged off by a Gloucester fan. It was. I think you should be more honest and get off the fence. I think yeah, that we, right. we we could do a segment of the show where we see the abuse that you two get from your yeah reports. mean tweets. I, I don't get. I, I've had one. I had a nice comment on one of my YouTube videos the other week, which was nice. But, You'll just see UGFC people commenting bad stuff. Yeah, yeah I just I just. What, Made the mistake of going on the article today just to see if there were any comments. Were there? There were two, and one was just like, I'm not sure who's writing these. Cheers, <laughs> mate. Um, good chat, that. Good chat. But, but wow. Quinn's, I was very impressed by Quinn's. Marcus Smith is. Is he better than Joe Simmons? Maybe. Oh, I don't, don't, don't say that to an ex, it's a fan. I, I know I'm biased, but I, I just don't I don't know. Think I think they, they offer different things. That's the, Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I, I think Simmons, Simmons is more of a, all round. Yeah, he's more of a leader in that sense. But then Marcus Smith is a probably a more talented rugby player. Either way, I think both of them are better than Umaga, who made Ooh. the England squad. Mm. Probably, yeah. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'd I'll agree with that. Um, yeah, fair enough. Shall we talk about England? Uh, we'll start with Georgia and Fiji, I think. Cause well, are we England going through one. all the games? We'll, 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 we'll skip through <laughs> these ones again, same as last week. So the, the, the Georgia-Fiji game was actually really entertaining. Um, Fiji ran away with it in the end, 38-24. Just nice to see Fiji, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I love it, watching him play. N- Nadolo, um, Nadolo was well. the joint top try scorer in the Autonations Cup. Him and, ja- him and Jamie game. George That's quite both got a hat trick and they both got all they both got their tries in the same in just all in one game. That's rather sport the quiz now. 
But I quite like <laughs> You can't have to get another question. Georgia, <laughs> Georgia put in um, Sorry. actually a really good game as well, which is good because they'd obviously had pretty tough autumn nations playing for some of the harder harder teams in the well, in the northern hemisphere really, and then so to come out and actually give Fiji a proper game, and it was good to see that Fiji actually came back at them as well because obviously they'd had weeks out with COVID, um, so it was nice to see that they actually still had their. It was just good to see Fiji back in rugby. They haven't mm. played for over a year, I think over two years. Over, over, a year. over two years. A World Cup was last year. Yeah, over a year. They've injured Summer and Randa there. Yeah, which you're happy about. Um, but I think my overwhelming thing to take from that match was that Georgia don't really have a patch on Italy yeah, for Six yeah. Nations. It's not, like. Not yet. I don't think. Well, I, I'm sure Italy probably would lose by that margin if I said they won't. But. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just George, Georgia aren't quite there yet. I think they will. That's be true. There. I think just get rid of Italy and stick Fiji in there. Nice. In the Six Nations. Yep. Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Impractical, but entertainment-wise, because yeah. Fiji can bring out they 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 could be on a good day. To be fair, they, they all shift they all play in Europe. Yeah. But you just like you, it'll be unfair. They don't have an away game. True. Yeah, that's true. true. Or a home game, you mean? Yes, that's what I mean. Sorry, they're all away games. Is what I meant to say. Right, okay. Moving so, on. Ireland, Fiji, uh, not Ireland, Scotland. Fiji. Ireland, Scotland, 31 16 to Ireland. Um, Scotland put out a good, good fight in the first yeah. half, um, but then Ireland, with a second rate team, still managed to win. It does worry me for Scotland. Uh, that's what I say. My view on this is Ireland aren't very good at the moment. I think they can all agree that they're in that kind of transition phase. Yeah. phase. <laughs> and it's a bit of a worry for Scotland to lose that, you'd say. And yeah. I, I, that much as well. I saw, a, I heard a stat today. You probably would have heard it, Charlie. That Scotland have only won thirty percent of their overall Six Nations games, or something like that. What of all time? I think so. Or, or, or no, of not Six Nations, of Six Nations, not Five Nations. Okay. So, and that's seven. That's losing every seven out of ten. Scotland is just very frustrating in the sense that, um, like with the twenty fifteen World Cup. Gets yeah. to the semi-finals. You're playing really good rugby, and straight after that, they just go back. Well, not go back to square one, but seem like they have. And yeah. I feel that happened because they play well in the Six Nations, they're beat not, France. They're, they're not consistent enough. No, mm-hmm. not at all. They get, but they have really good players. They yeah. have like Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson, oh. Van der Merwe, or whatever. How you say yeah, it? Van der Merwe. Yeah. That's Joe. That Aka Van der Merwe from Sale's brother. I didn't know that. But how, how does that work? Because they have the same name, mate. Residency. <laughs> yeah, but he's South African. They both. Yeah, like, but you know that. Like no. Then, then, then you tend South African as well, isn't he? He's not as good as Duncan Ware, I'd say. Yeah, I was, mm. I was, I, I was quite disappointed to see Duncan Ware dropped for that. Um, apparently, they did it because they don't think Finn Russell and Hastings will be back for the Six Nations or for mo- a lot of it. So they wanted to give him his debut, cap him, get him like accustomed to the thing, and this gave Ware a week off. Apparently, shoddy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so, Wales early. Yeah. So can we just bring up a point, please, here before we Ooh. start? Yeah. What are you wearing? <laughs> I'm wearing a Wales top. Why are you wearing a Wales top? Because it was free. Yeah, but that. They're, right, they're... Okay. I'm going to stand up for you. I'm wearing a Wales top, Italy shorts, and a Leeds top. Let's just say it's good that it's a podcast and not a YouTube thing. Yeah, I think you. you... You've got a lot of bottle coming in here after you're slagging off Wales last week and then suddenly wearing all their stash. Free, innit? Yeah, but they're, they're you know, they're you wouldn't pay money for it, though, would you? No, I would not pay money that for it. That is true. That is true. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, Wales we could use it to you know, stoke the fire. Yeah. Or <laughs> Wales, Italy. Either of you watch it? Uh, I was working. I, I did I watch bits of it. I, Italy, I watched bits. For 60 minutes or so, looking like they were going to do yeah. something. As soon as I turn it on, they start to lose. So, um, it's your fault. It is my fault. Um, Wales did win 38-18, so it was quite a convincing I would watch it, and I didn't realise it got to that higher score. Yeah, sometimes yeah. It, that happens in rugby, doesn't it? Sometimes the score just creeps up on you out of nowhere. Yeah, all well, those seven-point things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Italy, I did. Yeah, Italy did look good for the portion of the match where they decided to actually defend. Um, Falatel was looking good again. Mm. He hasn't looked good for a while, up. in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah not at all. Do he, you know what, what, one up, of yeah. Italy's backs, that Awani, that he's related to Digby Awani, the ex-Australian. International. I think it's his cousin. Indeed, good player, very quick. I, I just wanted to throw in that random <laughs> fact in there. Okay. But his, his, his name's Monty on the team sheet. He was down as like Montamo or something like. Added an Italian bit. It's like what they did to Tommaso Allen because he was called Tommy before he went <laughs> out to Italy. I think we should give you like an Italian name. Nice. I can't think of an Italian version of Sam though. I'd asso on that they did to Tommy Allen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on before this gets weird. Sam Asso, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the final game um, for the internationals was England v France, which uh, um, was an interesting one. England won in uh, what, what do they call it? What they Golden point. Sudden death. Golden yeah. point. Sudden death is the one they use there. Twenty-two nineteen. Which I quite like sudden death. Um, I reckon. But it I didn't like to England being in it. Yeah, that would have been fun to be fair. But only, but only if the forwards could do the kicking. I mean, Farrell, Farrell missed nine points, he, uh, which obviously would have put the game to bed well before the 80th minute I think it was just why, a half day why he didn't pass it on you've got Ford uh, Daly uh, Slade all three Malins. of them are all good kickers Malins as well Malins as well when he came made on made a difference didn't he because he actually when he caught the ball once they kicked it he didn't kick looked it. up he didn't <laughs> kick it back because that's all Daly does mm. and Ford as well like Ford <laughs> literally I hate Elliot Daly <laughs> Ford would catch the ball he'd look at the ball look at the space kick it there was never any looking up looking around him it was just constantly <laughs> as soon as he got the ball he knew what he was going to do and it just really frustrated me but it's annoying for people to say I've, I've heard people call him Eddie out why like at the end of the day England won they won the Six Nations they won the Autumn Cup they have twice in a year. Exactly. Like that. Uh, yes, it's boring rugby, but at international level, you're out there to win, and whether you win really well or really ugly, winning is what matters. I don't think any Englishman's going to complain if they win every Six Nations up until the next World Cup. But the thing is, England have never played attractive rugby. No. Like, even we, under, when even we won the World Cup, we did not play attractive rugby. No. In it to a sense. There's drop goals. Obviously, we scored a couple of good tries, which are remembered. Just Jason Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. But like, it was essentially um, just Johnny Wilkinson kicking the majority of our points. You can so. still do that now. You've got exciting back three if, yeah. they play, if he plays the right ones. But yeah. I just think I don't know why people get well. I get it with England, well, not with England, but I get it with other countries that maybe changing the way they play mm. just because England are playing a certain way. But I don't get people complaining about England because it's like it Fran was good to see France having France such is, a young their France average. Yeah, the average cap was two per player. There um, was three England players, might be four, who had more caps themselves than France did overall. Well, yeah, I mean, Young's. You yeah, know, I think it was Young's, Launchbury, Farrell, and someone else. Marler? Was he on? No. It could have been Marler. And I, I think no, it, it would have been original, I think. Because Marler wasn't named originally, was he? Uh, 
I can't mm-hmm. remember. In the start I think it was, yeah, it was confu- Yeah, okay. it, There was a lot of them who had more caps than France overall. Marlon's still playing well. It's nice to see France, though, because it's considering how up and down they are. They're it, da- yeah, it was. It's just nice to watch France. They're, really, a, danger, they're a danger for the next like, World Cup cycle. But in a weird way, I think it's going to be France and England competing for those Six Nations in the next. How many years before the World Cup? Three? I mean, based Three. on the way the last the last international gone, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Italy, they're they're not on the same level as England, no. France. But then it's just the whole thing with the, how French rugby is governed at yeah, the moment, and which France team will travel exactly. Places. And it's like it's in a bit of that's a bit of well, no, no, it's in a bit of an uncertain area. Yeah, because obviously, Careful. Six Nations, they were really good. It was listening to the. Um, it was Rugby Union Weekly last week when they had Benjamin Kaiser on. He was on every single podcast last week. Well, yeah, he's obviously trying to flog something. Um, <laughs> so he, was on, he was on Rugby Pod, um, Good, the Bad and the Rugby, and Rugby Union Weekly. But he needs yeah. to get the money for his Christmas presents, doesn't he? Probably. Um, <laughs> um, but he was just saying that the French rugby seemed so together for the first time in a while, and then the coronavirus happened, and then suddenly... Everyone's back to covering their own backs, which obviously the clubs are being. And two of them got arrested. Huh? And two of their governing body got arrested at some point. Yeah, that's not ideal. Yeah, um, that's not what you want, is it? But to be fair, one of the Georgian people shot someone, didn't they? Like <laughs> that the other month. Well, if, if we're going to go real controversial, the Argentinian captain. Uh, but, but, no. He's reinstated. But, no, no, no. That is just shocking. I, I, yes. I, I think we'll say that that's we'll not skip anything over. that we agree we with. We'll skip move over on that. that. Well, no, I don't think we have to skip over it. I think it's more just the fact that I think it's just a kick in the teeth in general in rugby because yeah. it's like... Especially at the moment. Yeah, we've done all this, like... I said we've done all this work, but lots of work's been done in rugby like since the Black Lives Matter movement to try and raise awareness like with teams kind of taking a knee in their own way in the premiership and stuff like that. And then... Sale got a lot of stick for, didn't they? When uh, something didn't Yeah, kneel. and then for an international captain to say what he did on Twitter and then suddenly be reinstated to his role is just like what does that look like to like young um, like minority and ethnic kids that are looking to get into rugby and they think oh they think that's okay there I don't want to go into that and it's like that just need, that should, it's just rugby seems to like to have a way to kick itself in the teeth every yeah. so often and I'm not sure we're going to move forward anytime soon. But should we yeah, move on? From yeah. that? Can we just quickly mention the other international game? Because it's Australia, Argentina. That was a draw again. Oh yeah, another. Draw. And do you think the gap the gaps closing between those northern, the southern hemisphere teams? Um, I think New Zealand. I think in the wrong way were. though. I think, think they get people are getting worse rather. Well, than I think Australia are getting worse. Really? And, well, I think they've not been great for a number of years, mm-hmm. but I think they are going down to the level of your Argentinas, aren't they? So, And I think New Zealand obviously aren't as good as they were, but they are still very good. If you put those three, cause let's get rid of South Africa in this because they haven't played. If you put those three um, Southern Hemisphere teams in the Six Nations, where do they finish? Um, if you make it in nine nations. Um, so New Zealand, I would say probably... Um, I'd say probably win it. Yeah, they're consi- mm. just just purely because they're consistently. The best. Don't know why yeah. I even considered them not winning it. Um, Australia probably around Scotland level. Uh, so, would you, so would you go New Zealand? This wide, I go New Zealand, England slash France. Yeah. Argentina. Yeah. 
then Wales. Wales Island, Australia. I'd put Australia above Wales. I'd Would put, you? I'd put, I'd put Wales down there at the moment. Yeah, Fair. absolutely. I, I'd put Australia um, going on a fishing trip. Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> you just know they're good at the Welsh. No, but I, I genuinely do think they are like. I think Australia and Argentina would beat them. I might clip, the moment. I, I might clip this bit and put it on the social media. Fine. <laughs> You're the one wearing a Wales top, mate. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Should we? Um, Let's talk quickly, about the big thing. Yeah, quickly talk about <laughs> Steve Diamond uh, leaving, up and leaving. Now, I actually think so. Supposedly, it's because the company, not the company, sorry, sale. Personal reasons. Well, I, I think it's, it's it's not. I know it's not. Do you want to let me say it? I think <laughs> that it's sale. <laughs> sorry, I think that so the sale release. The the reason being that he has done what he wanted to do for the club. It's now in a good position financially and with players coming in. So he's done his job. And I think actually that could be true. He's he's also might just want a break because he's been in rugby for a very long time non-stop. So maybe this is just him going on a bit of sabbatical. I don't know. I don't I don't think he did achieve what he wanted to do because no. you saw where they were at the end of last season and like, like they were second at a point until coronavirus issue kicked in and I feel maybe that's kind of the final blow that he thought they were going to get to a premiership final and the playoffs and then suddenly because of COVID they didn't and they went partying in university no. yeah and then probably he's just like yeah that's it that yeah. that was the best chance we're going to have so it is weird to leave at so, this point in the stadium three games in so in they've stadium, got sale have season. got a new CEO <laughs> and apparently Allegedly. 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 The CEO, Simon Orange, their owner, and Diamond have fell out. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. And he, he's definitely the type of person. Diamond. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. We're not, this is not facts before anyone calls us out, but allegedly. Um, but Diamond is a hard person to like, obviously. I think he's just set in his ways yeah. to a certain degree. The thing and he's just old-fashioned yeah. rugby man, really, isn't he? Yeah. The thing that might be an issue for Sale now is how entwined Diamond is in the club. Yeah. Because he was the head coach. He was a director. Son's the media His officer. Son's the media officer. Who do you think should replace him? Um, uh, I, I think... Oh, God, no, I've forgotten his name now. And he's a... Uh, Probably South African. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking Ali Heffer. I believe <laughs> they are trying to get in. I Ali Heffer? Think, yeah. That sounds like a dodgy name, doesn't it? <laughs> You know who he is? I know who you mean. Um, uh, I don't think he'll go. If that is true, I don't think he'll go. Stuart Lancaster. He won't leave Leinster. No. Unless <laughs> um, to go for a young one. I don't know. I don't know. They might go for a young one because you've seen what the likes of Blackett and... I, was gonna start, I thought you were going to use Skivington as, an, and Skivington as an example then. Skivington. You know. He's not bad though, is he really? He knows what he's trying what to do. What he wants, yeah. yeah. He just maybe doesn't have the players he quite wants yet to do it, but... No, Sale could just pick someone random that I can imagine. I can see. Jason Yeah, and Ackerman. Clive Woodward. Yeah, Silver Rogue. Yeah. Sebastian Chabelle. <laughs> random. That is a bit rogue. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the big news of the week. Oh, I've got the quiz now, haven't we? Yeah, and we've got the time for the quiz. Did I ruin one of the questions? You did ruin one of the questions. Are you, you going to have to find another one? Maybe. You, well, you got to give me five because that's unfair. Yeah, I will do. I will do. Um, right. So we'll get into the quiz then. Yeah. And we mentioned it before when we were talking about sports personality. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kevin Sinfield is an incredible job this week. 
raising money for motor neuron disease and his friend Rob Burrow running seven marathons in seven days. Um, but as of time of recording this now, how much has he raised? I'll give you like a hundred grand either way. Um, oh, I did read this. Seven million? Seven and a half. Seven and a half million? Yeah. Is that your guess? Yes. Are you looking it up? I am looking it up, but I can already tell you that's wrong. Is it more than that? No, it's way less. Oh, fuck. Um, so he set out to raise 77,770 pat. Oh, I can't speak. A lot of sevens. He, yeah. He raised, he aimed to raise lots of sevens. <laughs> and he's raised... Two million four hundred thousand and just above. Fair <laughs> play. I can't do numbers. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's wrong. So yeah, good start. Um, uh, Player of the month nominees were announced this week. Mm -hmm. Who was nominated from Newcastle Falcons? Gary Graham. Yes. Nice. Well done. He's class, by the way. He's very good. He was involved in England, wasn't he? Yeah. For a bit. Bring him back, I say. Um, it's got the same amount of score. That's got the same amount of scores got in week one. And yeah. Right, like this that. one, you get a point if you can name all five. All five? All five. So, Owen Farrell became the sixth man to reach a thousand points in Test Rugby this weekend. Yeah. Who are the other five? Jesus. Um, there are some obvious ones in there. Wilkinson? Yep. Carter? Yep. Johnny Sexton? No. How should we do this? How many wrong answers are you allowed? Okay, so you're allowed to say three, three wrong answers. Three strikes. So you've lost one strike then. Ogara? Yep. Need two more. Um, do you want a clue? Yeah, give me a clue. They're from Six Nations. Okay. Um, Halfpenny? Nope. <laughs> Is one of them French? No. Um, this is a really good podcast with just silence <laughs> for minutes. Let me think. Hope you're not on Google on your phone. Nah, no, I'm not on my phone. Uh, is one of them Welsh though? Yes. Stephen Jones? No. Um, so the other two were Neil Jenkins. Oh yeah, fair. And Diego Dominguez. I wouldn't have got that. Of Italy. Um, I got a half point for getting three. No. Uh, <laughs> right, this was meant to be my last question, but I'm going to have to think of another one. Yeah. But um, this, obviously this isn't the Fiji one I was going to ask you. Um, so what was the score when the threes beat Royal Ag in, a, in your second year, in my first year? The one at Royal Ag? At Royal Ag. Well, we only won one that year. Did we? Yeah. Was it 22 to 20? Very close. Did we get 22? No. Oh, shit. It was 25-24. Oh, I knew it was close. That was the one where Forster got sent off, wasn't it? Um, yes, <laughs> most likely. Nice. He got a couple of red cards, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I'll just think of a quick question. See if I can get two. Otherwise, you'll be level with me and you've done one quiz less. <laughs> um... Shall we do a Christmas special for our Christmas episode? Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> um, who came out and said they can't remember the World Cup final of 2003? Steve Thompson. There you go. That was a really poor, poorly thought nice. question. So thank you for that quiz, Charlie. So Which in itself is shocking, can we just add? 
well, yes, it is. Like, we, that is we'll, very we'll, poor. We'll probably end up talking about that because that'll be a big issue. Yeah. Because yeah, we will talk about that at some point. So I wasn't talking to into the mic. But, um, yeah. So we will talk about that. So Charlie, thank you for that quiz. Very I'm welcome. I'm now on for two. On for on three points. Charlie's on two, and he's got one quiz left. Tommy, thank you for joining us. Um, so we will be doing a special Christmas episode, which will be coming out next week, I believe. I think we might be recording it before next week, but Christmas. <laughs> dum, Christmas. Dum, dum. Ooh, ah. We're definitely leaving that in. <laughs> Please, yes. can we cut that? Oh my God. So, <laughs> oh no, we're clipping that we're not cutting it we're clipping it so yeah thank you for joining us thank you to our guests as well um, we'll be back with our Christmas special next week and then we might try and record something else to put in the week after before New Year then we'll back, be back with our regular ones when everyone's back in Cheltenham so yeah thank you all for joining us thank you for listening to episode 3 we've rambled a lot in that end bit so thank you and goodbye cheers <laughs>